Passionate DJ Podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. Passion and purpose. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. It's June 18th. We're talking about summer hardware and industry news. Now, it hasn't been all that long, really, since we did one of these kind of news update type episodes, but these are one of those episodes that we like to do every now and then because though we like to sprinkle news throughout the regular episodes as we do them, uh, it's really easy to get behind on these news stories, and there just happen to be a lot of them now. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at some of these stories, mostly in the vein of hardware uh, in the first half, and in the second half we'll talk more general industry stuff. Before we get too far into that, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Just want to remind you of all the other places that you can consume Passionate DJ's content. Of course, there's the community group on Facebook. You can get to that at passionatedj.com forward slash community. You can check out our Instagram at PassionateDJ, Twitter at DJ with Passion. You can join our VIP list, which is our email mailing list. You can just go to PassionateDJ.com and a banner for that should pop right up. You can just put your email address in there and start getting our emails. You can become a patron, and this is how you get access to our bonus episodes. Hope you guys enjoyed our bonus episode that we offered you for free last week to give you a taste of what those are like. Our show is called After Party, and it's only available to people who subscribe at patreon.org forward slash passionate DJ. And then, of course, you can check us out at youtube.com slash passionate DJ. Been doing a lot of YouTube content lately. Did a couple of unboxing videos in the past week or so. You guys should go definitely, definitely check that out. Hit that subscribe button, the little bell on the YouTube Uh, top right so that you can continue getting notifications and don't miss any of our videos and uh, you know also been working here in the studio passionate dj studios recording in there today it might sound a little weird today because i haven't really gotten the audio settings all dialed in yet i'm sure i'll be working with trip turlington to get things sounding the way that you expect so it's a little reverby and stuff in here yet but Uh, Overall, I think that uh, we're pretty much good to go. I have a few things left to wire up in here uh, as far as like power and stuff like that. I have a whole wall back here behind my desk that doesn't actually have power wired up yet, so I've still got that whole uh, extension cords running across the floor thing going on, which defeats the purpose of a lot of this renovation, but it's only temporary, and so looking forward to really using this space to create lots of great podcast episodes, record lots of great videos. Uh, Some of you have probably seen a few of the shots that I've put here and there, Instagram and Facebook and so on, and seen some of the videos that I've been recording these unboxings and stuff, and you'll be able to kind of check out a little bit of the work that we've been doing in this space. Now, before we get into our main topic, I was looking through the Passionate DJ archives here at some of the articles that I've written, and one thing that I've been doing this year is going through and updating a lot of the old written content on PassionateDJ.com and uh, trying to get back into doing writing again. Uh, It was what Passionate DJ was originally built around was a lot of these articles, and I haven't really been making the time to create new articles, but I have been going back and updating old ones. And this one's called The Personality Traits of Great DJs. And if you don't mind, I thought it would be 
uh, interesting to just go ahead and uh, read this for you, and you guys can reflect on that before we get on to the main part of the show. The Personality Traits of Great DJs In a day and age where a budget DJ controller and an iPhone can play a functional gig, DJing is as accessible to the masses as it's ever been. As the technology continues to develop, it's become more and more difficult to play a blatantly bad-sounding DJ set. However, it's insanely easy to be boring, average, mediocre. Push play, sync, mix 32 bars. Let's face it, there are lots of DJs these days, and that's great, but that can also make it harder to stand out. Being, quote, good at beat matching is no longer enough. Empathy versus apathy. The job of the DJ is to find a musical common ground, to provide a soundtrack that enhances the existing atmosphere and the vibe of the crowd. The most bullheaded DJs won't consider the feelings of their audience. We want to make a connection with the actual humans on the dance floor. And if you can't relate, you can't deliver. A happy crowd leads to a fulfilled DJ. Put yourself in their shoes and take note of what's working for them. It's easy to impose our musical agenda on a captive audience, but the greatest DJs are able to recognize how their music is affecting others. In my book, it's one of the most helpful traits that any DJ could have. The very idea of crowd reading depends on empathy, and it allows you to pivot if what you're doing isn't working. Helpfulness versus greediness. Hate it or love it, modern DJs wear a lot of hats. We often find ourselves operating as our own PR, promoters, booking agents, web designers, event planners, and so on. Now, this can be frustrating, and it leads to that whole jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none feeling. This is why it's crucial to make yourself a resource to others and to nurture your own network. Busy bee DJs are a prerequisite for building a healthy and vibrant scene. When you do good things for those around you, it doesn't go unnoticed, and people are more apt to help you out when you're in a bind. This sort of positive collaboration only serves to push everyone forward. The DJ that only cares about themselves is rarely satisfied, rarely connects with their audience, and ends up being a caustic element in their local music community. You'll quickly find that a take-take-take attitude is unsustainable. The most successful and fulfilled DJs realize that a generous and uplifting attitude, whenever possible, gets them much farther than drawing lines. Persistence versus flakiness. Building an audience, gaining momentum, scoring better gigs, connecting with the right people, developing your own sound, branding yourself, garnering local support, these are all things which require consistency. Steady work, constant delivery. Without a solid and steady approach to self-promotion, you're basically hoping to win the lottery. The smart DJ realizes that they're not going to win them all. We're going to play our share of empty rooms. If you promote shows, sometimes you're going to lose your ass due to poor attendance. Be prepared to fail. It's part of the game. The DJ with a lot of heart and willingness to push through the boring parts has a better chance of winning the numbers game. Patience. The DJ who knows when to hold back and understands subtlety is worth their weight in gold. It's not always go, go, go. It's let's go somewhere together. 
great DJs know when to hold back. They know when to stop building energy and plateau for a bit. They know when a little holding back will pay off in the big picture. Banger after banger after banger can be both exhausting and boring. If you want to be a great DJ, you need to learn when to fall back and when to strike. Sasha and John Digweed are my go-to examples for patient DJing. We spend some time exploring this in episode 112. You can check that out at passionatedj.com slash 112, titled Digging for Bedrock. Adaptability. There are always times when it's appropriate to stand your ground, but making everything all about you is a fantastic way for people to stop paying attention. A stubborn DJ will be plighted by stunted growth. Nothing is certain. Crowds change, venues change, moods change, hell, even entire scenes change. Having a fluid approach allows you to make adjustments towards what's working, allowing you to be an effective, memorable music selector. There are a lot of things that can affect the vibe of your dance floor and the overall climate of the dance music scene. The key is finding how to relate to your audience. All right, let's go ahead and get on to our main topic and talk about some of these headlines. Now, one thing that I'm really excited about is an announcement from Alan and Heath for the Zone 96. Now, this is the first flagship mixer that Alan and Heath has released in over a decade. This is kind of a modern evolution of that iconic Zone 92. That's X-O-N-E colon 92. That's how they do their naming scheme. And this is a really popular mixer. In fact, it's even though it came out in like I think 2003, it's really had a lot of staying power and a, a lot of that has to do with its analog architecture. It's it's really known for its sound quality, its high quality analog filters, um, all that kind of stuff, but there are a lot of things lacking in that mixer because it is so old. Specifically, there's no kind of sound card built in. Uh, it doesn't have any of that kind of like, you know, MIDI support and all that kind of stuff that you would sort of expect out of a modern mixer. And so that's the cool thing about the Zone 96. It pretty much keeps all that analog architecture. Architect, why can't I say that today? It keeps the analog design. How about that? <laughs> but they add some extra features to it, and the most important one is that they've added a sound. They've added a dual sound card, so you can actually connect, you know, two DJs to two different setups. And the cool thing about that is, straight out of the box, it's going to be Tractor Scratch certified. So that really solves a lot of problems for me. I've been interested in the Zone 92 for a long time, but I really didn't want to clutter up my setup, you know, when I'm playing Tractor, for example, by having to add. Uh, uh, audio interfaces and run cables all over the place. I really prefer having a built-in sound card in the mixer, and so I've been using this DJM850. Uh, of course, I have my Control S8 as well, but I would really like to have something Zone 92-ish with a sound card, and so here my prayers are answered. That's pretty cool. It keeps that four-band EQ, so rather than uh, low-mid-high, you have like a low-low-mid mid-high and high, something like that. Um, and then the uh, it keeps the, the filters that everybody loves, those Allen and Heath filters, but they add uh, a new control called Crunch, and I guess what that does is add sort of a harmonic distortion to that signal. The channel faders also now have an adjustable slope, which is 
super cool. I actually, I think I just mentioned something about that it was an episode or two ago about how I wish more mixers did this. Uh, you know how, of course, this has an adjust, adjustable crossfader curve, but uh, a lot of mixers have that, but a lot of them don't have the ability to adjust the curve of the actual up faders. This one does. Now, it's not a dial. You can't get real specific with it, but it does have like a switch where you can set it between three different settings. So you could go completely linear or, you know, make it kind of ramp up exponentially. So that's pretty cool. You can kind of tweak the channel faders to kind of have the, the feel and the ratio that you're comfortable with. Uh, what else? Oh, great. Uh, it's great for complex routing and for multi-DJ sets. Not only does it have the dual sound card, but it also has a dual queuing system. So this actually lets you have two, DJ, two DJs with two different setups, and they can line up two tracks on, you know, they can line up their tracks on the same mixer, and they can actually use separate queue buses so that they can hear, preview their own tracks, whatever they select, in their headphones that is super cool that would be great for uh, b2b sets and uh, general changeovers in addition to the two stereo sends there are now also four queuable return channels and a dedicated master insert and of course those dual 32-bit sound cards they feature six stereo ins and outs each now the price and the launch date have not yet been announced all i know is that I really want one. Also announced by Pioneer, the DDJ-SX3. Now this is obviously the second upgrade, or I guess the third iteration of the original Pioneer DDJ-SX, which was really a very popular controller, still is. And the interesting thing about this release is that something that uh, you may have already noticed it is in fact a ddj sx3 this is meant for dedicated use with serato dj pro now the reason that's interesting is because we've kind of taken note lately about how pioneer has sort of really started making record box equivalent versions of their iconic serato controllers and making them kind of record box only. And it really seemed like they were trying to sort of unmarry themselves from Serato. Uh, this goes counter to that. Seems like Pioneer, uh, Pioneer DJ and Serato might still be friendly, which is interesting to see. Of course, this is largely similar to the original or to the DDJ SX2, but there are a few key additions. It has a extra dedicated mic input and that has its own level control and effects. And it also has a second USB sound card and input, which allows for easy handovers and B2B sets. Uh, dual USB seems to be the new trend, and I fully support this trend. That's a great trend for digital DJs. Um, they also added some of the color effects that you see in other Pioneer gear, so uh, they don't have the full gamut that you would see on uh, a Nexus 2 or something like that, but it's yeah, actually... Jet, um, noise, filter, and crush are I, off the top of my head. I think those are the ones. Um, definitely has the filter, uh, which is handy, but it doesn't have the individual parameter knob that uh, you get from, uh, what is it, the, the Nexus 2? I can't remember which mixer has it, but it has the parameter knob for the color effects. 
And uh, I mentioned this before, one thing that I would like is to be able to adjust the resonance of the filter because I just personally hate Pioneer filters. I think they're squelchy and loud and they're meant to be in effect and they're not meant to be used as a sort of cheaty mixing tool, which is kind of how I use it. Uh, I'm, I much prefer the Allen and Heath approach here, even though they're a little bit weird to use. The Pioneer ones are much simpler, but the Allen and Heath ones sound great and they have a resonance filter les that lets you go from mild to wild. And uh, I'm just, I'm the guy that likes to mix uh, on the mild side, I guess. I just, I like that subtle, subtle touch, that subtle, subtle color and character so that I can kind of slip tracks in there gently. But uh, the fact that this even has those color effects at all is pretty impressive. Uh, this comes in at a thousand bucks and is available now. So I will drop an Amazon link in the show notes. Now we have to talk about Virtual DJ 2018. This is the new software and it's got a heavy emphasis on uh, visuals and video. So I'm just looking at the website here, virtualdj.com, and they talk about what's new in Virtual DJ 2018. They say, show the, int show the intricacy of your mix. With Virtual DJ 2018 comes built-in video skins that let you show on big screens or projectors in your club. Beautiful graphics showing what you are doing with the mix. Your audience will feel like they're standing in the booth with you. Entertain and engage them while you are mixing with more than just your sound. So they have pop-ups that show your loops and effects and stuff like that, uh, which is kind of interesting. They have uh, what they call beautiful beat tunnels to show when the breaks are coming and ending. You can pop up song titles to let them know what's playing or what's next. Um, you can kind of customize it and, and brand it around your own personal brand. And then you can actually get more of these video skins created by the virtual DJ community, which is pretty interesting. They also have added the ability to... Uh, do visualizations so here i'll just read what they say if you're only mixing audio tracks virtual dj 2018 will let you put those big screens and projectors at use anyway for dozens of years the best hacker minds on the planet have been working hard to create amazing visual effects for the demo scene and virtual dj 2018 lets you tap in on their unlimited creativity by letting by using any shaders published on shader toy so what this means is you can go to this place called shader toy and you can download these visualizations which have been kind of being built and archived for years for dozens of years you can actually pull these into virtual dj and sort of build a custom visualization experience and then connect that to projectors or screens or whatever you want and have your own visuals there's also a big emphasis on streaming you can uh, do video broadcasting directly to any of the main social platforms. So Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, all that kind of stuff. And then it lets you do that same kind of stuff, do screen grabs and visualizations and graphics and video skins. Uh, you can overload your, over, excuse me, overlay your logo and uh, text or a camera. So they're really getting into this whole live streaming aspect in the new software. Uh, other new features, Scratch DNA, this is kind of interesting, um, kind of weird. So this is basically the ability to automate your own favorite scratch. So it's an automated scratching 
type thing. It says you can experiment with the DNA sequences to dis sequences to discover new cool sounds. And then there's a custom DNA editor to easily write and visualize new sequences. Um, I have mixed feelings on that one. Uh, you know, any kind of toy is fun to play with. Uh, automating your scratching. I don't necessarily have a problem with that from the standpoint that you might think where, oh, it's cheating or something like that. Uh, it's kind of the same thing as playing a sample, right? So if you wanted to play a sample of a scratch or anything else, I guess you could do that. But uh, why, why take the time to program in the scratch in the DJ software if you're going to do that? Uh, why not just play a sample of a scratch? It's kind of weird, uh, but maybe if I had some more time to uh, invest in playing with that, I would, I would get it a little more. Um, I haven't really actually explored it, but uh, nonetheless, that's a new feature of the new Virtual DJ. And then it's also natively compatible with what's called the OS2L protocol. But basically what that means is it allows you to control your, if you're familiar with DMX software or DMX lighting, which is that kind of programmable uh, moving lighting that, excuse me, that you can connect up to a uh, central location and kind of control it. Virtual DJ now supports that protocol. So you can jack into any compatible DMX hardware or software and uh, Virtual DJ can control all that stuff. So all kinds of great new features for you Virtual DJ lovers out there. Denon had a pretty interesting tease not too long ago. Now back in May, they posted this teaser photo and it showed a screenshot of somebody like browsing a collection in the Denon engine software, which is kind of Denon's equivalent to uh, Recordbox. But the icon that was highlighted was a tractor icon. And so the implication was that you were browsing a tractor collection and it said coming soon at the bottom. Uh, so this means we'll, we're likely soon going to be able to import tractor libraries into engine prime uh, much like you can currently do with serato which is pretty exciting you know theoretically that means you'll be able to take your playlists your beat grids uh cue points all that kind of stuff and then play them on say the denon prime players uh, from a usb key instead of needing a laptop so this might be kind of the closest that we've ever come to seeing a sort of standalone tractor experience so far which is pretty pretty exciting. You know, Denon's really, uh, they keep going for it. They've gone after the Serato libraries. They're going after the Tractor libraries now. They can play record box libraries. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of strategy behind that whole hashtag change your writer thing. I still don't know that they're ever going to be successful in, in really getting that big of a market share as compared to Pioneer. But man, they're doing all the right things, I must say. Now, one thing I did want to mention here to sort of wrap up the hardware and software segment, uh, even though it's not exactly related to DJ software, ImageLine, which is the creator of FL Studio, they finally released their newest version of their DAW. It's called FL Studio 20. And the, the big announcement there is that they finally have a uh, native Mac version. So if you're a Mac user, you can finally install FL Studio right on your Mac, you know, not with a dual boot, not with uh, a boot camp or setting up some kind of partition. You can actually install it on the Mac. 
this is the first time in two decades of development that you've been able to do that. So I know this is more in the realm of production than DJing, but I'm sure that there's quite a bit of crossover here. I know I'm personally an FL Studio fan. I've been using it since FL Studio 3 back in the early 2000s. So um, it's one of those things that I've really followed the development uh, for a long time. Now, they were releasing betas and sort of test Mac versions since like 2013, but it didn't seem like anything was ever going to come of them. Uh, they said that the reasons for the delay in moving the software to uh, porting the software to Mac was that the programming language used to write FL Studio originally was Delphi, and that's just much better suited to writing Windows software. Uh, apparently, they've taken care of all that, and uh, now you can install it natively on Mac. Now they have available versions ranging from $99 all the way up to $899, but the license does cover both the Mac and Windows version, uh, but there is a catch, which is that not all of your VSTs, your plugins, not all of them are cross-compatible with Mac, so you do need to watch for that. Uh, the new version of FL Studio does come with loads of other updates, including support for time signatures, freezing this is uh thank god freezing for clips so this is something i think ableton does and a lot of other software does where you can actually freeze particular clips or channels and then it will save the cpu by not processing that particular thing while you're playing back uh, uh that's going to be a godsend and the ability to have uh, multiple arrangements this is pretty cool so users can work with different versions of the same project you can save multiple arrangements thought that was a pretty neat feature all right let's get into some more general industry news stuff there was this uh, ims report that came out recently the oh what is that international international music summit let me let me make sure that's right yeah international music summit uh, they came out with this uh, report as they do every year and they actually talk about the electronic music industry and its value uh, decreasing. So uh, it's kind of interesting. It, it almost sounds like maybe there's uh, maybe we had reached peak of the kind of whole EDM bubble, but then they do have some further explanation here. So this article comes from magneticmag.com. And the headline is IMS Report 2018, Electronic Music Industry Value Falls 2% to $7.3 billion. Uh, and let's see. However, it estimates the industry could be worth $9 billion by 2021. In the U.S., dance music share of the overall recorded music business fell from 4% to 3.5% as the overall recorded business grew by 12.8% which on its face is worrisome. But according to the report, this is because many of the hit songs are being classified as R&B or pop, which makes more sense because that's what they are. The superstars are making big crossover tracks that, no longer, that are no longer pure dance tracks and shouldn't be treated as such. The numbers are also seeing the same trends in Canada, Germany, and the UK. However, there is some good news as in Asia... The dance music continues to grow in popularity among individuals in Korea, China, Taiwan, Japan, and elsewhere. Though the overall value of dance music seems to have steadied this year and over the past few years, 
The report estimates it will grow to $9 billion in 2021, with growth in each of the four areas mentioned in the report. That's DJ earnings, recorded music, live, and hardware and software. There's good news elsewhere in the business. Hardware and software is growing at 9% a year. DJ earnings have started to grow again in 2017, and growth in live is continuing outside of Europe and North America, which seems to be a common theme. These are the markets for the most growth opportunities. Now, they link to the full report and uh, the IMS Summit report, and you know, as with any long report, there's some interesting stuff in there uh, mixed in a bunch of useless data and pictures and graphs. It's like 29 pages long, but if you want to check it out, I will link to that in the show notes as well. Techno remains Beatport's best-selling genre. That's also from the IMS, which we've linked in the show notes. Techno is the best-selling genre on Beatport, rounding out the type rounding out the top 5, Tech House, House, Deep House, and Drum and Bass. Now, speaking of Beatport, there's some news about them opening up their full catalog, uh, full catalog to streaming. So I've got an article here from DJ Tech Tools that I will just uh, read a small excerpt from. With their recent acquisition of the former DJ streaming service Pulse Locker, a lot of DJs have speculated about when Beatport is planning on integrating the technology into their own product. The information in the IMS report is pretty direct about timelines and functionality. So they give a little graphic here that shows the Beatport product roadmap. In the third quarter of 2018, they're doing what's called Beatport Hype, and this is going to be genre page charts for emerging labels to gain more promotional opportunities, so hype charts. In Q4 of 2018 of this year, they're going to do Beatport Subscription, which is a bundled discount subscription service for DJs with unlimited re-downloads. By the first quarter of 2019, they are expecting to launch Beatport Streaming, and this is where you can actually stream the entire catalog of Beatport into leading performance software applications. So presumably uh, Serato, Tractor, Virtual DJ, stuff like that. Time will tell. Uh, They say Beatport notes that starting with a discount subscription service for DJs is their first plan, but details are still sparse on what that will mean in practice. We suspect it might be similar to digital music pools with a monthly fee and then steep discounts and the occasional free track offered on downloads. The streaming catalog item makes more sense, and it's exciting to hear that the goal is for Beatport to put their entire catalog inside of DJ performance software. It feels like the rebirth that Pulse Locker deserves with a dramatically upgraded library. One thing I came across recently that I thought would be interesting to talk about is a movie that just came out, and it's called Girl. Now, this is a documentary on female DJs from the website. What started as a lark became an obsession after meeting the the notorious DJ Sandra Collins. Cadence Jordan's exploration of a blossoming subculture of the electronic music scene slams her face to face with a connection that can only be found by getting completely lost. Now I'm going to go ahead and play the audio from the trailer. In 2003, I started to make a movie about the top women DJs in electronic dance music. I wanted to meet the girls who were making it in a man's world. 
But then I met this one girl, Sandra Collins. This music temporarily is is like a therapy for everybody, that, where everyone's okay. Something about her and her music drew me in, and I got caught up in the moment. I ended up making a connection that I could have only made by getting completely lost. And now I'm ready to tell my story. Girl is available now on iTunes Store, Amazon, or Google Play. And then finally, I wanted to wrap up with a bit of sad news. This comes from DJ Mag. Detroit house pioneer Dwayne Jensen has died. Influential house producer Dwayne Jensen has passed away. The sad news announced on the 28th of May was announced via social media. The cause of death is not yet known. Born in Detroit, Jensen began his musical career musical career in the 80s as a self-taught drummer and percussionist. Inspired by DJ luminaries such as Frankie Knuckles, Steve Silk Hurley, Mr. Fingers, that's Larry Hurd, Lou Vega, DJ Sneak, and Todd Terry, Jensen gravitated towards house music and spent time performing at Luomo where he made a name for himself. Later, he lived in Finsbury Park, London for a brief period, DJing in Soho's underground clubs before moving back to his hometown of Detroit. The Motor City remained his biggest influence throughout his career, and he was heavily influenced by iconic radio DJ, The Electrifying Mojo. Now, you'll remember us talking about The Electrifying Mojo a couple weeks ago uh, on the Belleville 3 episode. Jensen also founded Fathom Records in the mid-90s, which released countless floor-filling records such as Believe featuring Mayon, Don't Fight It featuring Courtney Jackson, an artist who toured with Aretha Franklin in 03, and Digital People, which had Billy Love, Kat, and Jensen on vocals. The house pioneer had been living and working in his native Detroit at the time of his passing, but had not put out any music since his latest release, Regain Your Soul EP, which came out in two uh, 2017. Condolences and celebrations of Jensen's legacy have been pouring across social media since the news of his passing away broke, with tributes being paid across the dance music community. And to send you guys out today, in honor of Dwayne Jensen, we're going to play the uplifting mix of his track called Thank You. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you for listening to Thank You. Take care, and we'll see you next week. 